0: On today's episode of The Bolts Broadcast, a blockbuster signing for The Bolts. Be tuned. Ooh. Season 3, episode 80 of The Bolts Broadcast, Mike Mitchelson and Chase Kroshaw with you today. Chase, how you doing on this Tuesday afternoon? As your phone is blowing up because you're such a popular guy.
1: I know. I, forgot, I always turn on vibrate before we record. Kind of forgot this time, but you know, I'm doing all right. Uh, just kind of, kind of chilling. You know, look, looking forward to to talking hockey. Been a little while since we're doing the once a weeks now. I'm Looking yep. look forward to doing that. Looking forward to talking football later as well. I uh, got a couple good recordings on, on the cusp here, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. How are you?
0: Good. And also, I don't know if the the fans have noticed. We figured, we figured it out. <laughs> yeah, the mics are actually working this time. The soundboard's plugged into the computer on, like, last week, which was,
1: like... It, it was tough. It
0: it would have been really bad if the soundboard just wasn't on completely, like, because it lights up and everything, but not yeah. plugging it into the computer in general, that's, like, second worst. Like, there's there's nothing worse except for the soundboard just being completely off, Right. Right. So,
1: I, I, I I have to agree.
0: Bit of a fumbled bag there, but we got it working this time, so very happy about that. On today's episode of the Bulls broadcast, going to be talking about some signings for the organization. Going to be looking at the Debbie camp after the commercial break, talking news around the league, including head coaches, RFAs, and a statue being erected for a certain player. So uh, all that and more. Going to be a good episode this time. Hell yeah. Let's start with Tampa's blockbuster signing, bringing in yeah. Trevor
1: Carrick. The biggest move that you're going to see this off season, really. I mean, if like if if you thought the Johnny Gaudreau signing was big, just you obviously were blindsided by the Trevor Carrick one. Yep. Uh, Trevor Carrick, you know, if you somehow don't know about him already, 28 year old defenseman. Um, you know, really grew up in in the Sharks system. Um, the last few years was a Carolina Hurricanes prospect prior. to you know prior as well I guess that's the word I'm looking for a forward graphic by them spent last year um the last two years or say to me in in San Diego but um he is you know a, a solid a, a, like just kind of guy yeah yeah I don't I don't know how to really explain it. he he's he's certainly someone who is like worthy of a call up during the season someone that could play games someone that's <laughs> played NHL games in the past I mean He's got a total of seven under his belt at the moment. So he, he's someone that, like, if he really needed him to, he could play. But he's not someone that's going to be just, you know, right into the roster. Good, nice. Um, older piece for Syracuse, someone that can, you know, potentially be called up at some point during the season.
0: Yeah, and brother of Anaheim Ducks legend, Sam Carrick. Hell yeah. So uh, elite hockey runs in this family's blood. And uh, I think it's a nice up signing. I mean, injuries yeah, we'll come up, it. you know, Trevor Carrick going to be one of those first couple of guys that is going to be on their way over to Tampa.
1: So. Oh, for sure. And he he's the type of guy, like, he'll be the first black ace called up when the playoff comes. Like he Like, that's the kind of, like, player that he is where... he's not going to bring you really any offense. He's not going to wow you and do anything, but he's not going to really do anything to cost you very often.
0: Right. Now let's talk about Syracuse and their acquirement of Jack LaFontaine.
1: Yeah, so Jack LaFontaine, he was a University of Minnesota goaltender, um, played at University of Michigan prior as well, has had a very strange um, development path if anyone's been following along. So LaFontaine, um, he is a 98-born, so 24 years old, As I said, you know, he spent a couple years in college, played at U of M, then left his um, going into his junior year to play his final year of junior eligibility in the BCHL because things were not really going well for him at Michigan, played for Penticton, and then went to play three years at Minnesota, became a captain as a goaltender his final year. Um, His what would have been his fourth season. So it would have been his kind of his junior year. The 2021 season was his best year of all, you know, 29 games, 179 goals against 934 save. Then last year with Minnesota. You know, another fi- a fine season, um, twenty games, two six nine nine hundred save, and he was looked at at one time as a very legitimate NHL top tier goaltender prospect coming out in the draft. You know, he's a third round pick in twenty sixteen, was looking like a just another one of those goalies that were playing in, in the null and were a little bit late in development, and we're just going to hit kind of like what we saw with the Connor Hellbuck. Things did not really go that way. Um, Jack LaFontaine, Fontaine, you know. Sp- Spent some time playing pro this year. He got in a total of 17 pro games. Um, played two in the East Coast where he had a 9-2-2 save with a 3-4-9 goals against. So that's just a terrible team playing in front of him. When you got that save and that goals against, that means you were busting your ass. So g- good signs there. And the HL, a bit opposite a 2-8-9 goals against with an 8-8-5 save, um, kind of shows that you weren't playing the great. Your team was doing well in front of you. Uh, went 4-3-7. and seven. Tells you everything you need to know. that The uh, his HL career didn't went. And then he goes to the NHL, uh, had to play a couple games. Carolina needed him where he played two games, had a seven, two goals against and a seven-eighty save. So he's just all over the map. He was one time, very highly touted. And I don't, I, I don't want to, you know, completely write him off yet, but he's really got to find some stability and there's a chance he could find some stability in Syracuse. We've seen goalies, you know, like figured out late, late in their career. Tim Thomas was a, was a great goaltender in the NHL from like the age of 30 on, you know, it, it took him a while and, <clears throat> we've seen it enough in the past, with Jack LaFontaine, where you can still have that optimism. So I think going to Syracuse, he'll probably play, you know, a backup-ish type role. Maybe play a little more than your average backup, but it'll be a good place for him to develop. And who knows? Maybe he ends up getting an NHL deal out of it with Tampa afterwards. Um, it, it's a nice, it's it's a nice NHL signing to have for sure because it's a guy that could really offer you a high risk, high risk with not really much reward.
0: Absolutely, and the signings continue from here as we sign this year's third-round pick.
1: Yeah, so Lucas Edmonds, the leading scorer in the OHL, um, the oldest player in the draft to be drafted. You know, as I talked about, a weird case. So normally North American, um, or players playing North America, I should say, can't be drafted after their overage season in junior but since he was technically on loan from Sweden, um, he had the European rights. So he had the one more year of draft eligibility because Europeans, you know, they're often harder to find because they, they take some more time getting through the systems over there. So they get an extra year of eligibility in the draft. So he had those draft rights. So he was able to, to be drafted after a great season. Signs of ELC I got to imagine he's playing in Syracuse full time this year. Um, he's going to, I think it's a lot. He's playing over in North America. I can't really imagine him playing in the coast. I don't, see why they would draft a 21-year-old to play him down in the third level of pro hockey here. Mm -hmm. So I would expect him to be a regular with Syracuse. Maybe, who knows, maybe he figures out. He's got a really strong skill set. Maybe this last year was what he needed to really figure it out, get adjusted to the North American game. Maybe he takes that jump needed and becomes an NHL guy, you know, like as soon as a couple games this year. It's not impossible.
0: Yeah, and we talked about Lucas Edmonds in our draft uh, review episode where, like Chase mentioned, older guy in the draft. This is... Maybe a draft where Tampa is more aiming towards keeping the longevity here with the current roster, bringing in guys that can fill in those depth roles within the first couple of years of their draft, uh, you know, draft stock. So this could be a guy right here that we see coming up, which would be a lot of fun. If not, I'm sure Syracuse would
1: love to have him as well. Oh, absolutely. He should be a good piece for Syracuse. And, you know, piggybacking off what you just said there, um, it, it really was a draft to trying to you know get some guys that are maybe a little more developed or letting you know or I should say getting a guy who just falls into your lap like Isaac Howard, someone right. who mm-hmm. probably should not have been available at that pick. You know, some people argue that, but at the end of the day, watch him play; it's all you need to know. He's going to be a damn good player in this league, so it, it was a nice value for Tampa. So I, I really could see these first two picks and from this draft playing you know as soon as the next two years for Tampa, which is which is nice. It's it's a bit of a change of scenery for them, and I love the swagger. Isaac Howard oh, Green's dude, it's crazy. great. The Iceman Oof. baby he's mm-hmm. awesome. I, I I can't wait to see him put on the Bolt sweater. It's, gonna be God. it's just going to be great. It is.
0: All right, Chase, let's talk about the Bolt's dev camp. as that recently happened?
1: Yeah, so really didn't get, get to, to, to watch much of this, unfortunately. You know, was reading more about it. Um, what wasn't, you know, some huge dev camp is, you know, we haven't had a ton of draft picks re- in the last few years. So, you know, been, been some of our guys, some of our, our lower end guys, you know, like like Nick Burbex was someone who, showed well, was looking at, you know, possibility of arguing, you know, maybe he's on the cusp of an NHL roster. Um, Isaac Howard, Jack Finley, those guys are there looking solid too. But the, a name that I heard, um, you know, a few good things about is Grant Mismash, you know, recent trade piece from that Ryan McDonough trade. Him and Philippe Myers came over. And Mismash is kind of looked at as an afterthought type prospect, someone who was drafted, hasn't developed quite as hoped, um, wasn't a necessarily super high draft pick, but he was someone that, that had, you know, enough stock in him where it, it was thought that, you know, this guy could become an NHL player someday. And it's been a bit slower developing, but looked good in dev camp. And that's a nice sign. He, he, he's going to start in Syracuse. It's pretty much a, a guarantee at this point uh, where he's going to play in Syracuse. You know, who, who knows? He could be anywhere from, from the top line to, to the fourth line, but I got to imagine he's going to be a regular. Um, hopefully this dev camp was a nice start for him where he can take some big strides and maybe become a kind of surprise NHL or for us.
0: Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Grant Mismatch played for University of North Dakota for four years. Uh, last year his first year in the AHL. So being able to see him get another year under his belt and then being, again, another one of those pieces. We continue to talk about it, but guys that are, you know, sitting right there on the cusp, could they be guys that come in and fill depth roles uh, while we try to keep together this young, uh, studly core? Absolutely. Grant Mismatch could be one of those guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just speaking of dev camps, I want to talk about a different team's dev camp. Um so Seattle Kraken had theirs recently. You know, they, they got the fortune of of getting fourth overall pick Shane Wright. Yeah, somehow I don't know what 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 a, what a win for them. But they get Shane Wright. Of course, they have Mat- Matty Beneers from last year too. Um, so Matty Beneers played NHL games already. They still had him go to this dev camp. You know, a lot of people think maybe just to be like, you know, I'm already familiar with the NHL a little bit, familiar with the facilities, kind of show around thing. And um, I don't remember who I was, what I was listening, to, what I was reading, whatever it was. But apparently they were talking about he was just like. It, it the difference in tier level between Maddie Beneers and everybody else was just so large. Like just he looked like he was a dominant NHL player already compared to those guys, like no one could compete against him. He was taking on like a true leadership, was like like literally acting like an extra coach on the ice pretty much during the drills. That's Dude, awesome. Don't be surprised if this guy's wearing the guys were in the sea as soon as this year at some point. It
0: I love Maddie Beneers, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, also Shane Wright. You kind of got to learn his personality a little bit more in the NHL video you sent me. It was like a 45-minute video.
1: It, it, it just made me love him even more because, like, he he rightfully so. He, he's a cocky little bastard. I don't think he's so overly cocky where he's, like, where he's he's going to be on the ground so I need to work hard, but he's cocky Or it's like, yeah, I, I 1,000% deserve to, to be drafted here. It's ridiculous that I'm falling this far. I mean, you guys are going to pay for this. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, some of the sound bites that I loved was can't wait to play them this year, talking about Montreal and yeah. them taking Uri Slavkowski. Um also after he got skipped over at number two, he said Arizona, that's where I want to go.
1: And then he doesn't go to Arizona. Yeah. And you can tell you can see him, he said that one hurts. Yeah. You can yeah, see it in You can see the pain. But dude, Seattle's a, a it truly is a great fit for him oh, because yeah. he gets to go somewhere where if he was drafted Arizona, he would have been forced into the number one spot right away. Mm-hmm. He's in Seattle. Matty Beniers is already that number one center for them. He doesn't have to play that role.
0: I mean, you and I were talking about it on draft night. We said Logan Cooley just got the best deal of his life. He was locked into going to Arizona through like every single mock draft, going to be the third guy off Mm -hmm. the board. And then we're thinking he's going to Seattle now because they're taking Shane Wright. There's no way they don't. And what a deal for him to go from a, what is it, 2,000? Fan,
1: it's I think it's going to seat like four thousand or something. Okay, to, like with, with the NHL alterations they have to do.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's terribly small uh, arena, and the organization as a whole, we know how they've really fumbled things to go from them to Seattle, and being able to learn behind the likes of Matty Beneers what a steal, uh, or what a what a great opportunity for him. Yeah, not the case because Arizona still goes out and grabs them. But
1: uh, uh, that, you know, this, this reminds me of Arizona. I, did, I didn't even notice it till I watched this video. Did you see the whole staff was wearing matching suits? I did. I, I, people were making tweets about it that night. I never saw those tweets. I just noticed in the video, I'm like, what? Wait, 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 this is, this, this is, this little, is a little weird, but you know, I, I, I guess more power to you. I, guess. So,
0: I don't know if you saw the memes where people were going to the Minions movie all dressed up. Oh did yeah. You see those. Yeah. So someone posted a picture of the draft floor. And said can you guess what table is just coming from the minions movie <laughs> and it's just Arizona all watching their <laughs> or all wearing their matching suits so oh that's funny yeah it was good but uh, the last thing I did want to say is the stare down that Shane Wright gave to Montreal we knew it was bad when watching seeing the, the um, pictures online but in this video like you get the full part of him going up on stage and Gary Bettman's legit trying to tell him stuff and he just does not move his eyes off of Montreal.
1: You can feel the tension yeah. watching the video. It's 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 awesome. You know, it's kind of like Phillips and Ina where said, I'm you know, if it is very soft spoken voice, I'm gonna fill your your nuts with pucks. Where, you know, he, he said it like he it's just kind of how he talks, but he sounds like he's lacking confidence, where Shane Wright is just like, You're in trouble. You are in trouble. You should have not have done that. Yeah. So if you didn't see the video yet, make sure you go check it out. It's. Uh, did you see how many really like, Shane, how Shane like Shane Wright custom jerseys were made there that people had at the draft that he was like signing, dude? No. There was a lot. I. That's tough. I did see
0: that uh, Seattle they already had a Shane Wright jersey, and I'm thinking, how do you, how do you look into that? Yeah,
1: I, I know that that that's that's what's crazy. What it was is the,
0: um, what is it? Jersey manager or whatever. Uh, the Equipment manager. Yeah, equipment manager he made one as a troll and he goes, hey, watch this happen and throws it to him. And they're like, all right, we'll take it just in case. And
1: sure enough. Wasn't, he wearing, wasn't it a number 15 jersey? Is all I'm thinking about it. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was. I, Cause, and so that would, I, I, I could be very wrong. For some reason that number is sticking in my brain, which that could just mean he already has number 15 for next year, because like it was, why the hell else would he be wearing a 15 jersey? Where are like, have mm-hmm. wore number one, other players were number 22 for the 22 draft. Yeah. Which I'm going to look that up now and we'll, I'll figure it out during the commercial break.
0: Perfect. Speaking of the commercial break, we're going there right now. We'll talk to you in a second. The action never ends at the DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, the DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars. That's promo code THPN only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. I was wrong. Yeah, yeah Chase was wrong. Yeah, it's a good know. thing you didn't put a sports bet
1: on it. Yeah, I don't know why I was. I don't know why I was thinking that. Maybe I saw a picture of him in Dev Camp he was wearing fifteen, but for some reason that number was like. Seeing him in a fifteen jersey was just stuck in my head, but I don't know.
0: I mean, we're all wrong, uh, here and there, you know. Yeah. It's I, not very likely we're here at the Bolts broadcast, but
1: But it happens it does happen every once in a while. Yeah,
0: we have our faults.
1: And see, like if it was a really random number, I would have doubted it, but like he wears number fifty one in Kingston, so I was like, maybe he's wearing fifteen for some reason. So like that could have made sense. That's mm-hmm. why that's why I was really feeling it. But you know, I I I guess I'll kick rocks this time.
0: Yeah. All right, Chase. Let's talk about the Sharks as they go out. Grab David Quinn. As their new head coach. What are your thoughts? Do you like it? No. Ooh,
1: not I, a bad. Not a good start. No. I I, I liked a lot of what, what Mike Greer was doing so far. He's really putting his own stamp on the team. I mean, like, we're going to move on from a couple of pieces that we can. You know, Brent Burns is obviously a great player, but it's not really helping us where we are, though. We, we got to kind of go through a retool and rebuild. And he, you know, m- makes those types of moves. But he hires David Quinn, who sucks. Um, if you have young players, you don't want them to play for David Quinn because they just don't play. He like he he likes playing them like eight minutes a game and only likes playing older players. It's going to hurt development. It's not really the right coach to have in for what's going to be a, a bit of a retool rebuild unless they're looking for someone that they can just happily fire at the end of this process, and maybe that is David Quinn. He can be the scapegoat. I don't know, but I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. This definitely can't be their long-term solution. It just can't be.
0: Yeah, and David Quinn, New York Rangers head coach from... 2018 to 2021, had three years there, so 18-19 season to 2021 20, season. Yep. Um, I don't know if, if you know, Chase, or if anyone listening knows, but in that time span, it was, like, super crucial for the Rangers to really develop these young pieces that they had, like the Vitaly Krafsovs and Kapokakos uh, and Leas stuff.
1: Leas Anderson. Yeah. um, Didn't really go great. No, 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 it did not.
0: I mean they hit on like Ke'Andre and Miller and Adam Fox, but I think that's more the college landscape
1: they traded for Adam Fox when he was already an initial player Ke'Andre Miller didn't become a good player really till this year and he became a dominant player this year mm. makes you think
0: makes you think and both played college
1: yeah so so it, it's I, I I really don't like, i i I didn't mind the hire at first um because he was a you know he was a, a very solid coach coming coming into his first NHL job with the Rangers there our first head coach job at least. Um I didn't mind the hire at first for the Rangers, but then it was pretty evident clearly early on. Like, like early on, it was pretty evident that it just it wasn't a good fit. Three years down, you know, they just nothing worked out. No players developed, played bad. And now I'm a bit worried for San Jose because they really are in a spot where their younger guy's gonna start playing, start developing. You know, William Eklin's gonna step into a big role this year. Um Jonathan Dolan is no longer there, so you know they, William Macklin's really going to be the guy that's kind of being banked on quite a bit. They have um, Ozzie Wise from last year as well. I'm assuming he's going to get at least a chance to make the team. So if if these guys do make it, um, they in most circumstances would be given a chance to be relied on. I don't. I'm a little worried what David Quinn might do.
0: Uh, situations slightly different here. Uh, Steve Eiserman going over to the Red Wings, keeping Jeff Blashill on for a couple more years so that. He can continue to add pieces. Do we think that this is a similar situation over in San Jose with Mike Greer, or do you think he just thought, okay, this is the best hire for us?
1: Well, it was a bit weird when they fired Bob Bugner so late into the process because mm-hmm. they waited till pretty much right before the draft. So that, that part was strange. Um, I think that that was a miscalculation of Mike Greer's on, to be honest. That that's, you know, it's, he's new to the job. And I just don't think that was the right time to do that. Yeah, you want to bring in your own guy, but at this point in the process, it's kind of tough. You're leading into the draft. You're creating your off season plan for who you want to attack. And now you're trying to add somebody after you've already had to make your free agent signing stuff. It, it's just, it's usually not getting off on the right foot, not a great mix. So I, I I don't think it was the best move. You probably were just better sticking out for one more year with Bob Udner. If it didn't work, then you move on. So um, I, I just, it's, it's definitely different than what, what Eisenberg did. I think what Eisner did worked out for Detroit. Um Blasch was able to be the scapegoat at the end of the day. He gets to hire his, his guy, our guy as well. And in, um, in the lawn, but, San Jose's doing it a little differently. Guess we'll see if it works out.
0: hmm All right. Let's talk about Patrick Laine and Pierre-Luc Dubois. Former, uh, what do we want to say, Tr- trade swaps? The Former swap. Between For- former the two. tradies. Former tradies as Laine. Tradies nuts.
1: I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> oh, boy. See
0: what I have to deal with, people. You see this. Uh, uh, but I'm too funny. Laine, formerly with Winnipeg, now with Columbus. Pierre Dubois, formerly Columbus, now Winnipeg. They both sign contracts. Line-Ace, a bit bigger.
1: Yeah, you can say a bit. Yeah, than just a wee. Pierre Dubois, four years, eight point seven million a year. Um, you know he's making like nine point one in the last three years, so lower figure in the first year. I can't remember off the top of my head. Pierre Dubois, one year six million, just an extension of what he currently had. You know, of a six million dollar pay. Um, both are fair prices for for both guys if they're playing at, at you know. Bill Dubois as he's playing six millions fair line a it's kind of what he's got to be playing at not what he has currently played at so it's kind of a payment of all right we got Johnny Gaudreau you don't have any more excuses so we're we're, we're going to trust that you can do this because we saw it in your draft year I mean yeah. I saw it in his draft because this, this kid was dominant coming to the NHL had a legitimate 40 plus goal upside every single year so now that he's playing with an elite playmaker like Johnny Gaudreau uh, you, you just got to hope that he can do it and they're putting the faith that he can. I, I think it was a fair move. The only bitch about it is that they became a team that was over the cap and had to make a move afterwards.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We talked about the the, the trade, right? The Dorkshan trade? No, no. The Kachuk trade? Or did we not?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I
0: don't think we did.
1: That's a good question. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> we released last Wednesday, and I think it happened last Friday. Oh, you know what? So we'll we'll talk about that after this one because uh, now... Uh,
1: dude, it feels so long ago. I don't know why. It does. It feels like it happened weeks ago to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, maybe because we've played... Well, you've played so much Chell yeah. with their new roster. I, that I, I, I could be. Uh, we'll talk about
1: it yeah. after. Download my roster on Xbox. Uh, what What is it? Chawdust. I don't know. Type oh. in Chaut Us and find the most recent one. Yeah. You'll, you'll find it. Free agent updated, I think yeah. it's called. Yeah. Po- Post-FA update, Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, find it. It's a good roster. Yeah, so we'll talk about the trade after after we finish talking about this. Um, you got anything more to say on Lina and Dubois? Nope. All right, so Aubrey Bjorkstrand, Stodd. you love him, love him. He's one. He's one of your favorite players in the league, e- easily. And you know Bjorkstrand's got a unique story. He is a son of a Canadian who played over in um in Denmark and played over in in that pro league. And was from this I can't remember the town, but there's a there's a town in Denmark. that produced like six NHLers at a, in a, like like at one time. Just some small town. They had like twenty thousand people, and it was just a, a cool story. Uh, but Bjorkman, yes, sure, and be, um, <laughs> Bjork, you know, so Bjorkman has been a good NHLer. Um, maybe slightly overpaid sometimes for what he's what he's brought in terms of stats, but had a great season this last year. His micro stats, his his you know analytics ha- have been great. Goes to Seattle. Seattle gets a free pretty much for a third and a fourth. That's such a low cost. This is a, a great win for them. Someone to come in, you know, and bring in a lot of offense. It's going to be unique though because he, he is a, a true offensive guy. You know, he's an, he's a good shooter. But they've got quite a few shooters already in Seattle with Burakovsky, with McCann. Uh, Mattie is a hell of a shooter. Shane Wright can shoot the puck. You know, in, in his own right. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> um. So they got a lot of shooters. It's going to be interesting to see. Um. You know, if if Wright can become more of a disher and if Baneers can become more of a disher as well. But it's still just a great free gamble to take for Seattle.
0: Oh, absolutely! Only a third and fourth. Yeah, and um, J Fresh Hockey, who by the way, does all the advanced analytics. Was a
1: huge fan. I did sign up for his um, service, <laughs> so I do have access to unlimited player cards now. Ooh. So, so, so can go, you
0: just look them up like on demand or yeah? So I, that work?
1: so I'm, I'll, I'll kind of explain to you as I'm doing it. So. Um, I, so you sign, you sign up for them through Patreon, and once you do that, um, you get access to a link through, um, through Google Sheets, and on Google Sheets you can go from there. Um, you can click on, like, I'll I'll show you right here, like this tab for forward cards for defensive cards. Mm. You click on it from there, and then you just type in the name up here. So we want Oliver Bjorkstrand. Yep. Um. So I'll delete the Max Jones. I'll type in Oliver Bjorkstrand. Click on him, and we see that he had a 94% war rating last year. Um, he had, saw him. yeah. Great defensively 96%, 93 finishing, um goals per 60 99%. He is a truly dominant goal scorer, very dominant offensive player. Someone that played second line minutes will play top six minutes again for um Seattle to where he got traded and yep. it's it just it's just a, uh, you know, a, a really really nice fit, but I'll, I'll I'll keep this tool for for a while. Hopefully we you know we get good use out of it. I don't have I didn't pay for the um one where I get like the micro stats. I just paid for the one where we get the base stats because it was different between five and ten bucks a month. And right now only only want to do the five bucks a month. Might upgrade in the future if we if I find that we're getting good use out of it.
0: In a couple episco- episodes, episodes, not episcodes. couple episodes, couple episodes ago, we talked about what teams are possibly doing the most to improve their team or you know change their team during this off season. And we mentioned Chicago in a bad way, Ottawa and Detroit in good ways. I think Seattle kind of sneaky under the radar here with the Bjorkstrand acquisition, going out and getting Burakovsky, getting Shane Wright, who fell to them at four. And then I know technically it doesn't count, but Matty Benier is going to be able to play a full season for them this year. So that's just four players that could come in immediately and make a huge difference on this
1: roster. Yeah, so they're, they're doing great up front. The back end, Zeke, like the goaltending, Zeke, like but they're doing great up front. They really are. Mm-hmm. All
0: right, let's talk about that blockbuster. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, we talked about it. Well, we actually, knew. it's
1: only the second most important trade of the day because we talked about the first mo- most important trade already, the Berkshane one. This one's the second most important. Oh, okay. So be careful with the word blockbuster. But they can
0: it, both be blockbuster. Well, okay. Uh, okay, family video, the family yes, video trade you. of thank the you. of the episode. We got Matthew Kachuk. We talked about how he was on his way out uh, going to Florida, going to Little Brother they send back Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Wieger, Cole Schwint, and a top three protected 2025 first round pick. Uh, we got a tweet out almost immediately saying little brother's gonna little brother or something along the yeah. lines of that.
1: Which it really is the case because um Eesh. why? Which if there's no chance you were signing Huberto, <laughs> sure.
0: Also, I didn't realize either. Uyghur's only on a one year as well. So both only on one year. So
1: if there's no change in signing these guys, sure. But Huberto it was like shocked by the trade. He he didn't expect to get traded. Huberto himself? Yeah. I didn't
0: see his reaction.
1: Yeah. Like he was talking about how, you know, he thought he was going to get a notification that he was being traded or get talked to the team by it all, but he was just traded. So I think he was planning on staying in Florida.
0: He felt like a, him and Barkov felt like lifers.
1: Yeah, so it really doesn't make very much sense to give up a top transition defenseman in the league, one of the most underrated players in the league, the guy who set the record for assists by a left winger in NHL history in a single season, a fine prospect in Cole Schwinn, someone that can probably play some depth minutes, and then a first-round pick for Matthew Kachuk, who very likely had his career high in points. Like, like Let's be honest. Like, that's, Is he going to do that year in, year out? Probably not. This was the one of the highest scoring years in quite some time. He benefited from playing on a very strong line. That line, they all finished in the plus plus fifties and sixties. Like like that type of thing isn't isn't really happening again. That that's that's one of those once in a career type seasons that you have. You know, I could be wrong, I guess, but reality is that it's probably the case. So it's a lot to give up, paying him nine and a half million a year. Um, you know, it was the first sign, the first true sign then trade in NHL history. Apparently, where um, if he was traded to Florida, he had only been able to sign a seven year deal. Because his RFA like like he was his RFA rights were still kind of with like Calgary or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he was able to sign um an eight year deal, then get traded to Florida. So this first one of those in national history apparently. But anyway, it's it just it's a lot of money, it's a lot to give up. I, I I can't really see much of a scenario where Florida's winners unless you find out there's no chance they were keeping Huberdon or Uyghur, or if Calgary doesn't get to keep out of those two.
0: Yeah, and I I just think Florida looked so good last year. And, well, until they met us in the second round. Mm-hmm. But they look so good in the regular season, and they played decently against the Capitals in the first round of the playoffs. And two of the biggest pieces to their success was Huberto and Uyghur. And now they break up the chemistry that Barkov had with Huberto, send him out. They get rid of a top two defenseman for them, one that, like Chase mentioned, phenomenal in the transition game. And they bring in a guy who... Doesn't necessarily have a complementary style to Alexander Barkov.
1: Yeah, it's you know, Don't don't get me wrong. Manny Kachuk is, is a strong playmaker. Like he he definitely can dish the puck. He can shoot the puck as well. But he doesn't have the offensive just abilities that Huberto does. Huberto does. Like watch them play. Watch two play. Huberto is a top three skilled player in the league. I will I will legitimately safely say that. Like his his just skill with the puck on a stick. It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Kachuk's nowhere near that. Kachuk is good with the with the puck on a stick. He's someone you want to have the puck for sure, but he wins a lot more strength, wins a lot more power. He'll go into corners. He'll he'll beat the hell out of you. He'll he'll be that pest. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we know that it worked with Huberto Barkov and who literally whoever else you want to throw on their right wing. We don't know for sure it's going to work with Kachuk and and Barkov because Kachuk's going to take more penalty minutes. Um, and, you know it's going to limit the amount of times that they're going to be on on the ice together. Uh, it, it's it's just it's really just strange. I, I, I don't know. I, just, I don't know.
0: And super impressive by Calgary because you and I talked about how this team is going back to purgatory because that's where they always sit. And this move alone it, shows that they are still trying to be ultra competitive, still trying to go out there and win the West.
1: I don't, you know, I'm going to look it up right now. Um forgot their cap situation, but th- this was a, a very nice move. Their decor um, especially analytically, it's it's one so of the, good. it's it's arguably the best decor in the league in, yep. term, in terms of analytics. It's maybe not be the flashiest, but they I think all play. I
0: DM'd it to you. So let me, I'm gonna yeah, go
1: pull it up. Absolutely, pull it up. But they all they all play so great year round. Um, right now, they've got nine point three in cap space. Who's still out there in free agency?
0: Uh, probably some bomb who just wants to the Cup.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some some guy who just had a career year. Maybe it's wrong to pay him that much money, but right now. You got the cap space. You got no choice. Go out and sign Nazim Kadri. I don't see why you wouldn't because that puts you literally right back to where you were last year. You, you can, you know, I, I know that they would, they like Lindholm in the middle, but Lindholm kind of play the wing just fine. So if you want to have a power line of Huberto, Kadri, and Lindholm, just throw them all together. Throw Lindholm on the right wing, call it a day. Or you can split them up and you have two of the best centers in the league as your top two. Like, like it, it, it's, it's, Seems like a no-brainer to me.
0: Yeah, and here's Calgary's top four: Mackenzie Wieger, with a 97 WAR percentage, Chris Tanne have 93, Noah Hanifin 92, and Rasmus Anderson 66. But uh, definitely showed some more offensive prowess this past year. And also, all four making under five million a year.
1: Yeah, and you know someone was someone was saying, oh, but Wieger's a right-handed guy, so you gotta have someone play a third deeper. Well, Wieger mostly plays the left side, so he's probably gonna play with Tanne or something. But um, anyway. It doesn't take into account like Oliver Shillington. He was in like the fifties last year. War percentage, and I can't, I'm drawing a blank on who the hell their sixth defenseman is. But they're they're in a good spot where the decor is just good. Jacob Markstrom's one of the best goalies in the league, top five goalie in the league, and the offensive core. There's enough pieces there where if they do sign Cadre, like dude, they 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 might not miss a beat. It's possible. Yeah,
0: it's a good little team there, uh, Chase. Let's not talk about Dustin Brown, the absolute legend for the LA Kings getting his number retired and a statue.
1: Yeah, I mean number retirement fine, sure. Yeah, you know, you were the first captain to to win this team a Stanley Cup. Great. That's awesome. Good good for you. And you guys won two under your leadership. That that that's great. Mm-hmm. And he was a very impactful player in those playoff runs. A statue. That's uh The that, statue that,
0: Yeah, that's something.
1: The statue is reserved for Anze Kopitar and that's it. If you're going any player that that played on any of those Cup teams, it's literally just Anze Kopitar, and nobody else. Dustin Brown getting a statue is crazy to me. Good for him. Like that's that, that's a super cool thing to say you have a statue at, at an arena. But like, let's be honest, the impact between Anze Kopitar and Dustin Brown, it, it's it's not even a discussion.
0: Yeah, I feel like statues overall need to be reserved for like first ballot Hall of Fame type of players, like guys that you're Sidney Crosby's, you know. Dustin Brown,
1: not necessarily a Sidney Crosby. He this he's probably not a whole. I don't know if he's all famer. Like let's be honest. Like he is. Yeah. So like it's crazy, but good for him. Super cool. Maybe they're gonna create like a whole like row of statues or something where it makes it a little more understandable. But I don't. I don't know if that's the case. Obviously.
0: And it's just gonna be like dominoes. They're just gonna knock them all over. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right. Finally, Chase, you uh, are gonna be making a couple of live appearances. I am. For the THPN. So, if yeah. people want to see your face and don't pay attention to WNP, uh, you should do that. But you can also see Chase's face on some of these World Junior Watch Alongs.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I don't know how much we're talking about them yet, but there are there's going to be some World Junior Watch Alongs in, in the works coming up here for the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm going to be hopping on at least a few of them. Um, right now, I'm signing up for three. Once I get my whole schedule figured out, I will announce more and we'll talk some more details, you know, more next week and the following week. But definitely be sure to, to, to tune in because it's going to be fun. It's going to be a unique environment with World juniors this year. Some big names are going to be missing, but we're also going to see some guys who are going to be in the NHL this year, you know, or at least be fighting for spots. So it it, it should be cool. Um, you know, I, I'm hopefully going to offer some pretty good analysis on these guys. Mike's going to try to you know potentially join some someone he can.
0: I'd love to do a U.S. Canada. Yeah, be awesome.
1: Yes, that 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 would be great. But I don't I don't know. I don't know if they are in the same pool, to be honest. I don't. I got to check this. Oh, on the there. championship. Yeah. Oh, so oh yeah, sure. We, we, yeah, of course. We, if we, they make it, I we, mean, yeah, yeah, we know uh, the US is, but yeah, for sure. But yeah, so so we'll, we'll we'll definitely be um we'll be notifying you more as we kind of figure out those things.
0: Absolutely. All right, that's gonna do it for the show. Quick hockey name of the day here. We've got oh, that's very very small. Uh, yeah fontage there small fontage
1: yeah i don't know why it typed in that way but it but it did uh that would be marcel marcel yes it is and i don't know why uly process struggling with me but yeah marcel marcel um believe it or not we got another checkie who has the same first and last name we, we had yvonne yvonne now we got marcel marcel and marcel is a 6 foot two hundred pound forward um 2003 birthday of course, I said from Chuck Public, played in the Chuck U-20 last year, got some um, pro games as well. He's going to be playing in Gatineau this year in the QMJHL. Uh, you know, a solid player, someone who has had some international experience, um, you know, just playing at, at the U-18s, was on the U-20 roster, or is like, going to be on the U-20 roster this year, excuse me. Um, you know, per- perf- perfectly fine, solid hockey player. Um, I, I think, you know, if he has a good year in the Q, there's a chance he ends up as an NHL draft pick down the road, he has another year of eligibility coming up this year. But, yeah, so it's someone that is going to be worth keeping an eye on because you'll hear his name during the World Juniors. You might hear his name in the NHL draft next year.
0: And seeing people with double names, that seems very old school because I know uh, back in, uh, from personal experience, I know this, um, back in, like, the year 1200,
1: you know, there was quite a bit of those. Your personal experience? Yeah, yeah personal experience. Like like, like, a, like a Michael Michelson or something, you mean? No, no. Or just, like, just Michael Michael?
0: Yeah. There was those back.
1: Then. Oh, I I will, I will, you know I was around in the 1400, so I don't really know about back then. Ah, uh, yes, that'll do it. Yeah. Um, Michael Mitchelson, though, Whew. that's a name. You know what? You know what names are the best? You know we've only talked about it a few times in the podcast. Alliteration names.
0: I agree. I they're agree they're no,
1: nothing nothing better than than a CC or an MM. Hmm. Uh,
0: also found out that I've got heritage with the last name Kazyaka.
1: Yeah, so now you've got to change your name to something with a K. So you got to be like a, like a Kyle. So <laughs> not, I'm not going to be a Kyle. <laughs> but cause Yaka, man, what a cool name. You can be a
0: Karen. Uh, we've already got a couple of those. So <laughs> we're good. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. Chase, outro time.
1: As always, we'd like to thank you guys for listening. Make sure to check us out on Patreon. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Boltz Podcast, it's at Boltz Broadcast. You can follow the hockey podcast network on Twitter at Hockey That's at Hockey Podnet. Why we to go follow WMP on Twitter, WMP Sports Pod, that's WMP Sports Pod. Make sure the Hockey Podcast Network.com find all the podcasts on the ho- and the hockey podcast network right there. Boom, click the logo, and listen to easy peasy Lemon squeezy. We're left if you're listening, raise five stars, send your questions, comments, concerns, reviews, you're not fish. use code THP and time for direct I can't talk today. There you go, nice job. Thanks.
0: Thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.